Hey everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to 80s entertainment for teens and beyond. I almost got it. Fuck. <laughs> Michael Almost. Almost. Upside down and backwards. Yeah, I said one thing backwards, so. Alright, so this episode was chosen by you, and so what are we discussing? We are discussing movies with Amanda Bynes! Yay! Woo! Um... It's still, I'm so sorry. That at least she knew this last time that she wasn't feeling well and she checked herself in. But it, it's it's still a bummer. I worry so much about what happens to young actors and actresses and the pressure they're under. Yeah. And it just... What was it? I was reading Ron Howard's book. So this is connected, trust me. Ron Howard's book, um, and it's all about his years before he really made it. Uh, uh, as an adult, I should say. Um, his acting oh, sure. uh-huh. so it's about him and Clint and, and his relationship with his parents and growing up in the business and he talks about how many people in his circle fell apart because the minute you start hitting awkwardness you know in your teen years or whatever you know uh, and, and, yeah. and you're you're cut away because you look different or whatever and, and then it's like as you get older of course there's more training going on so you know there's there's uh there's uh less to chew what should I say? So when you're a kid, if you can act and pull off your lines, that's a miracle, you know? Like, legitimately act. And so as you get Yeah, older, you're course, like a prodigy. Yeah, so like as the training goes on or whatever, your competition gets more fierce and you get pushed back a little bit. And he even says at times, like, people just think you're old hat. They're, they're tired of just looking at yeah. you. That's it. And I just think about people like Amanda Bynes. Like, she only had... I didn't realize that she only had, like, six movies. And, you know, only acting yeah. for, like, seven years. Yeah, there's some smaller, like, some animated work and TV stuff. But it's just so interesting. Like, she seemed huge. And then just not anymore. Just gone. And that happens to so many actors. I mean, fucking Frankie Muniz, if you want to talk about one of her co-stars. Just gone. Yeah. And, and no one seems to give a shit. It's so strange. Yeah, it, it is weird how that's, like, people sometimes are just... It's so fleeting, you know? Yeah. And so speaking of those two, the first movie they did together, I think, was right before the one that we're going to discuss, What a Girl Wants. That was Big Fat Liar, right? That was the one that kind of got her out of the gate. I mean, I think that's what, you know, helped her transition from a kid actor to, you know, in TV to you know, having some film success. That was, I think, her first bigger film role. Yeah. Or and maybe it, her first film she, role at all. Was she already on that TV show, um, What I Like About You, I think is what it was called? Uh, I think that um, Big Fat Liar came when she was probably doing her own show, which was the Amanda show. Oh, okay. Which was, was before... Before what I like about you, but after, um, what was that Nickelodeon like? It was a Nick show. Oh, all that. Lots of the, oh, all, 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 all that. Yeah. Yeah. So she got a spinoff show after a couple of years on all that. Okay, so and she's I doing like sketch think comedy. That, that that big fat liar came somewhere around there but before I, I think before she had that other show yeah okay I do so she was pretty she had a lot of TV work a lot of years in TV okay so yes yeah, she had already proven herself and she had a fan following okay I'm always curious about this yeah, kind of stuff absolutely. like 
Because it does seem like, and we've talked about it before, like most of the people that were chosen for movies was because they were on a WB show. The WB was oh, sure, never yeah. it was never huge if you consider like the overall TV audience. But if you look at the 18 to 49, you know, and, and stuff like that, it was yeah. it, it did well. But it's under that where it was just a phenomenon. So even if they only got like half of that audience, they still got like 40 million at the box office. Yeah. yeah, it's so interesting. I didn't know that this was. Uh, I must have missed it in the credits. That this is a remake of um, a play called *The Reluctant Debutante*, which was made into an, a movie in 1958 with um, Rex Harrison and Sandra D. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm watching old movies oh. now, and I'm starting to be interested in. Uh, I'm going to try to find this. Somehow I missed that, and I I've seen this you know movie probably a dozen times. Yeah, did I you see realize. this in theaters? What? Did you see this in theaters? Mm, probably not. Okay, I was just curious. But I don't know for sure. <sighs> well, I knew, you know, you and mom, Anglophiles, you know, so I could imagine, like, you would go see this in the theaters. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I was doing at the time. What year was this? Uh, this is 2003. It opened up against Phone Booth. That was winter. I don't know if you're going to travel to the movie theaters in the winter, though. Well, the thing is, is, like, you know, that was the year, like, t- 2003 was the year after I graduated college, and I was working, like, three jobs, and I, and, until we moved to California, so I just think I was too busy. Yeah. I was just working my ass off, so I don't think I was really doing that much going to movies and stuff during that time. Okay. Um, and I... The one thing that I don't like about what they've done with almost every single role that she's ever done, and it was kind of a, a curse ever since Pretty Woman, yeah. is the clumsy. But not really clumsy. There's no comedic set pieces set up for it. You know, it's not like uh, real um, screwball comedy kind of pratfalls, you know, that kind of physical comedy. Um it's always just like, oh, I'm just slightly clumsy, you know? And they always have that reaction. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's cute and it's charming and, and she's uh, quirky, you know? And that's 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 such the laziest way of doing it. Well, that's kind of, I mean, that's sort of, you know, there wasn't a lot, a lot of variety in the characters she played. I mean, she was likable, but, you know, they were all kind of, Slightly quirky, scrappy underdogs. Yeah, and that's about it. But I was just thinking, no, not just with her though. But it seemed like they always did that. If it was a romantic comedy, and it was a female lead, they always like made her clumsy and just, but not in like a really elaborate way. It was just like the laziest way of making her clumsy as possible. You know, no Mary Catherine Gallagher kind of pratfalls. Yeah. Um. Because they want her to be cute and quirky, but not spazzy. <laughs> I don't know. She borders on spazzy in a lot of her movies. Oh, well, I think her best performance is, um, what was the, who, uh, She's the Man. I, I just think she's so yeah. into that performance. And she does that voice. Fuck, she does it in one of these movies where she sounds like that. And I go, wait a minute, that's the, the bro voice that she uses, <laughs> uses in She's the Man. Was it in this? Or was it in uh, Sydney White? I can't remember. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I might not have noticed it, I guess. Yeah, the, the last half of her career is better, I think, than the first half because I don't think they figured out what to do with her. Like, they were just like, well, sure. so-and-so didn't take this. Let's see what they can offer it to her, you know. 
Um, but I think I think this one kind of separates itself from a lot of the team pack at the time. It has a little bit of the um, Princess Diaries, and it has a little bit of like um, Cinderella, you know, that kind of feel with the Wicked Stepsister kind of thing going. But it still is its own movie. It has its own vibe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the thing, though, is, like, every movie is just, a, you know, there's so few plots of movies that exist out there, and they just kind of take different elements of those few things and smash them together to make a new movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sidney White is Revenge of the Nerds meets, yeah, I mean, they say it's supposed to be a remake of Snow White, but it's just, like, on the surface. It is. It's mostly oh, yeah, surface. Yeah. It is, but I mean, it's mostly a remake of Revenge of the Nerds. It's it's all the you same. No, that's fair. Yeah, except you know less sex content, which is way better. <laughs> Honestly, Revenge of the Nerds makes me squirm now as an adult. <laughs> yeah. The um, yeah, it's, it's like it's like the love child of Revenge of the Nerds and Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so where is Colin Firth in his career when he takes this? Is he already a star? No, I mean the British to, to the British probably. Uh, so he has you know, he, to, he has he done Bridget Jones yet? Watched to those who watched you know Pride and Prejudice BBC. Yes, absolutely, but not to the general masses. That took okay. some time. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I feel like I didn't know who he was. Somewhere in here is Bridget Jones, and that's kind of the first time that I noticed him. But, you know, of course, yeah. it's, it's um, uh, I think The Kingsman is the only movie that he's done where the mainstream, like, wide audience. That's the thing, is yeah. that Kingsman is, uh, I mean, it was the King's speech that really got him, I think, a, a lot more noticed in America. Do you remember that movie, King's yeah, yeah, Speech? Yeah, 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 that's one he won the Oscar for, right? Did he win an Oscar for it? I couldn't remember if he actually did, or just, it got a lot of acclaimed, yeah. regardless. And I think that's really what got his attention, got attention of the American people. Uh, you know, the whole Bridget Jones thing was specifically because of him and Pride, Pride and Prejudice. Ah, that okay. Whole, that whole thing was a, you know... Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's the whole thing. The British people have loved him since the dawn of time. <laughs> it took us a lot longer. And I don't think that he was... People really knew who he was at all. Okay, so yeah, he's not, he's not my wheelhouse. If I didn't... If you, you know, people in my family weren't such British fans or whatever, I probably wouldn't even know who yeah. the hell he was. And so, yeah, for me, it was like, oh, he's like, you know, he's 55 and he's just now become like a big star because yeah. of Kingsman. So that's exactly. all. <laughs> yep. Um, but I think he gives a really good performance and, and something that I wouldn't expect him to be in, you know, a teen comedy, but he has a really good performances and chemistry uh, with everybody around him. So. I, yeah. I, he didn't phone it in because of what kind of movie it is. No, I think, I just, you know, I, I am a big fan of his, and, and my real introduction to him was in, like, I think 2002. I don't know how many years BB, that BBC Craig Prejudice had been out, several. When I started uh, my first full-time job in the library, that was my initiation. Okay. Everyone must watch Pride and Prejudice <laughs> because, and then we—I don't know if it's a librarian thing, but maybe. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, the other thing I want to say, there's not a whole lot for me to say with either one of these movies, to tell you the truth. Um, you can 
you, you'll probably have to carry me through this one. But I do think, I wish Kelly Preston had been in more of it because I think she yeah. gives the best performance of all of this. And she maybe, what, is in five minutes? But she almost brought me to tears at the end of the movie because of, you know, I don't want to destroy the plot yeah. but, you know, of what happens or whatever. And I was like, I didn't really care about this movie that much, but now I do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think something about this movie is the fact that it is a teen comedy. It is, it is kind of unique in the elements that they mix to, mix together because there is seriousness, there is a real heart to it. Uh, but you're right, yeah, she really kind of like. There's a real tearjerker there. Um, I don't, I don't love the whole, like, wicked stepsister trying to, like, you know, sabotage her. That's a little played out, but it, you know. Yeah. That, I that's think just the way people are. I don't know. I do, but I also sometimes think these movies do it too much in black and white. They don't give that other yes. character much nuance to understand why they are yes. the way they are. It's just too... That's true. I don't know if they do it because they're just phoning it in because it's a team movie or it's just something they never thought to get. It's just yeah. a lot of these, this... I mean, there is some nuance here because you've, you've, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know, there's not as much explanation for why the teenage girl acts that way, but you, you figure out a lot about her mom and right, why her yeah. mom acts the way she does because her dad is straight up evil. And uh, maybe it's just, you know, he caused the daughter and then the daughter causes the daughter and it just, they just keep passing it along. Their insecurities and, you know, ickiness. There is a moment where she does something so psychotic and and, and and at the end of the movie that I always want her to go, what the fuck are you doing, lady? Get your goddamn hands off me. Oh, when she, like, locks her in the room? Yes. She's like, I mean, what she thinks the outcome of that was going to be? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was going to end well. It's like, yeah, you know, unless you were going to murder me, there was no way I wasn't going to talk about this. Right, exactly. Like, that's what I can't understand. Like, what logically do you think the outcome of this was going to be? Maybe like, she thought it was like, oh, it'll hit the news and it'll embarrass him so much. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's maybe a few details there that weren't really thought through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to say about this before we go on to Sydney White? Um, just that, okay, Oliver James, I think his name is, is a love interest. Gotta love a little British bad boy. Yeah, was but he a real musician? I think so. He was only in like one or two other movies, like really like just a couple right at the same time. Yeah. I remember that he was in like Raise Your Voice with Hilary Duff, and I think he was a musician in that too. So I'm going to guess that he probably really was Okay. Yeah, he gave I, me, uh, I don't remember anything else he was in. Yeah, he gave me Teddy Geiger vibes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Teddy, do you, do you know that Teddy Geiger is... Has has transitioned to a woman? No, I did not know this. Still, still goes by Teddy Geiger. Oh, okay. But I think, anyway, I just wondered if you. It, I I enjoyed very early years, teen Teddy Geiger. 
So, and I kind of get the comparison, like the musically inclined. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. What was the movie that he was even in? It was uh, it was a drummer movie with... Teddy Geiger? Yeah, he was in a drummer movie with uh, Dwight from The Office. And, yeah, what the hell is it called? The... Should I even have it somewhere around here? But whatever, that was the only movie. Was it, it was a high school band? Yeah, well, they were in a high school band. Yeah, he was in a high school band with Emma Stone. And, um, oh, God, he's in the Book of Mormon. Um, chubby guy with glasses, curly hair. Josh Gad. Josh Gad. And then they're forming a high school band or whatever. I don't know. They lose, I don't know again. They lose I feel it. Like the, I oh, it's know called, what you're talking about, but. Yeah, it's called The Rocker. Never mind. I remember now. Oh, um, The Rocker. Uh, I just saw some really, now we're diverting a lot, so I'll, I'll say this one thing and then swirl back over to what we're supposed to be talking about. I, I, you remember how cool Love Monkey was? Yes. And how different the book was. <laughs> and how what? How different the book was. It was based on a book? Yeah, Love Monkey. We read it. We got it from the library. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> they changed a lot of the... Uh, it wasn't about the record business at all. Um, oh, geez, Louise. Okay. Yeah. All I right. Move on. I don't... <laughs> um, Sydney White. Sydney White is Sydney interesting. Sydney White... Oh, go ahead. It's just okay. It's... What's interesting about the movie is that kind of the end of two major things. First, it's kind of the tail end of her career. She has... A really great performance in Easy A to bring up Emma Stone again, but it's also uh, basically the end of Morgan Creek Entertainment. And if you're a kid of the '90s, oh. holy shit, Morgan Creek was always there. Like that little, you'll know it because it has the music from Robin Hood, Men of, uh, of uh, Prince of Thieves, and it has that little creek, that little flowing creek, whatever, and plays the Robin Hood music. Yeah, I think their biggest thing was that, then Ace Ventura. But they made like every time he turned around, they were making movies like crazy. And this is kind of the end for them. They do a few more movies to Universal, and then they're out of business. They just couldn't get back that mojo. So I, I felt like uh, some nostalgia watching this. Uh, not so much for the movie. I like the movie more now than I did um, when I first saw it. Because back then, for some reason, I thought it was just really generic. But this time, I kind of locked in on the performances. Even though I've seen it all before. I, I I actually just got comfortable with it. It's just like a nice little treat. Nothing nothing special, just satisfactory. Oh yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think this is honestly probably, if we're going to be honest, probably one of her weaker films. Yeah, but her performance is pretty good. I thought, and I just no, like, I mean, yeah. there's she's always consistent and reliable. Yeah, the. The uh, Sarah Paxton and I know her mostly from uh, being the daughter on the Jay Moore TV show Action, uh, which very few people oh. know. And I, apparently, she was very popular after this because of something called Aquamarine. Uh, it was like a. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I just laughed so hard because the way you said that something called Aquamarine. I don't know what this is. Is it a Disney movie? or Is it off a TV show? Uh, I, I don't know. My, I, like, I, I brought it up to someone else. Like, oh yeah, Aquamarine. She's really... I was like, what? What the fuck do you... It's just a, it's just a weird kid movie where, about mermaids. Oh, okay. I don't okay. actually think it's a Disney movie, but it's like Emma Roberts, her, and like this JoJo the singer when they're all like 
13 years old. Uh, I'm just going to get, I, I don't know who JoJo is, but I'm just going to, I guess that's, that was a musician. It's okay. It's yeah. just a million more of those, like, you know, singers who tried to, like, cross over into uh, acting and they okay. did a couple things. Yeah, but I but thought. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I thought, I thought her performance was too big. It was too cartoony, but, you know, yeah. it is still a teen comedy, so I can't complain too much. But I love the crew that's around Sydney. And yes, they're supposed to be their version of the Seven Dwarves. And I, I mean, probably the only one that anybody knew at the time was Sam Levine. And that's just barely because Freaks and Geeks was just then, I think, starting to pick up steam as like a, a, a new generation was discovering it. But I, I, all in all, I thought the, there was a lot of entertaining uh, actors in this. John Schneider is her dad. John Schneider is her dad. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, I wasn't making yeah, fun of you. You know I'm doing the Rob Schneider thing. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sorry, I was mean to you. No, I wasn't making fun of you. I was thinking that thing in South Park. Where like, Rob Schneider is the waffle maker. Rob Schneider is a paper bag, you know. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Isn't it kind of, Danny Strong, isn't it kind of interesting the way his career has, like... Yeah, uh, I would not have expected... Yeah. It's just so interesting. I mean, I guess it's sort of like, um, well, what's his name? The other guy from Freaks and Geeks. Sort of how his career has shifted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I can't remember his name either. Sam? To oh. all the writing and directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, too bad about the Flash, kid. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't end up doing that. That's right. They were supposed to write and direct it, and they didn't. They dropped out to go do Dungeons & Dragons. So, hey, look, people love that one, even though it didn't do great. It's <laughs> it's going to be remembered <laughs> a lot better than Flash. Have you have you seen it? Nah, yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to catch up on movies. So, I, I you know, because uh, of the show, I'm always caught in the past. So, I went to 2020. Uh, I went to my 2020 movies, yeah. whatever, and I've been working my way up. So, I watched, wow. Come, I, I watched Come to Daddy and a couple others, whatever, and I'm just working my way up through the years. You watch what? Come to Daddy with Elijah Wood. Oh, that looks creepy. It's so creepy. It's so demented, and I just had a, a fucking blast watching it. Uh, I don't think I'll be experiencing that. <laughs> I know that he did, in fact, write The Flash and Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay. Um, but I know they, they, they were lined up to direct The Flash as well, and they dropped out. Uh, um. They, they must have known it was going to be problematic or something to deal with later. Uh, Matt Long. For a moment, he was a thing. But that's only if you watch Jack and Bobby. In our heads, we thought he was going to right. be huge. Good-looking kid. Agreed. Good-looking kid. Great actor. Very, mm-hmm. like, uh, Jensen Eccles. You know, he has that, like, both of them, they should be big movie stars. And for whatever reason, especially Jensen. Holy fucking shit, I can't believe he's not a star. No, I don't. I mean, he is a star to a lot of people, but not in the way that he should be. Yeah, it's just, it's a shock to me. But Matt Long, I guess he still has a career. I thought that he walked away a long time ago. And I looked at his time to be, I was like, no, no, still chugging along. All these people are still going strong. Even, uh. I'm just like, what's he been in lately? Uh, he was on a TV Manifest. show. Oh. Yes, yeah, for like three or four years. He's been on Manifest. And then well, Crystal okay. Hunt, Dinky, I thought Dinky was a great character. In fact, I thought Dinky was a better character than Sydney. Oh, I thought she was so cute. Yeah, and, and You're right. she's a big soap opera actress now. So, yay, kudos to oh. her. 
I didn't realize that. I mean, there's a lot of faces that, like, look familiar, obviously. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, a a lot of the guys who, who, you know, were her roommates, most of them looked familiar, and they were, like, oh, character actors that you had seen a lot, or whatever, but... I was looking, you don't necessarily know their names, you know? Yeah, it said that, uh, well, the tall guy is the one that I've seen the most, the one that was older than all of them. Yeah. I feel like I saw him in so many TV shows and commercials. In fact, I think he was still a kid. Well, I guess this point of the plot is that he's been sticking around way too, longer than he should, but I'm pretty sure he was Justin Long's friend in Galaxy Quest. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, but everybody I else, haven't seen it in a bit, but probably. Yeah, everybody else I don't really recognize. I thought this was going to be... This was a Canadian film based on, like, you know, not really recognizing a lot of the people, and it looked like it was... Yeah, no, sure. It was, it was shot in Orlando, which I, I was shocked by. <laughs> Very interesting. So Dopey... No, I'm trying to... Was Dopey the one that... The guy that was asleep the whole time? I think he was. That that had to be kind of a crappy role, only getting like three lines. But that's in the sleepy, whole movie. dude. Oh, sleepy. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, which one was Dopey? Dude, Dopey was the one who was dressed like a boy scout. Oh, Don't okay. you remember him? I thought he was the shy one or whatever, bashful. Um, oh. Yeah. I mean, you know what? That's that's tough. I don't know. Yeah. So. Um, I really don't know what to say much about this movie. It takes a lot of the template of Revenge of the Nerds. And then plasters, mm-hmm. I mean, it is almost the exact same plot, the way they manipulate things. And, you know, there's nothing fresh and original here. It's just, like I said, it's a nice little snack, you know. Uh, it, like the way that we treat um, what, the Bob the Butler. There's nothing particularly unique about Bob the Butler. But we fucking love Bob the Butler because it's just got its own vibe. And it's just, it's chill. <laughs> uh, I think it's just all in his... His uh, presentation yeah. is what makes it stand out. Do you think this w- this is like a lesser version of uh, the House Bunny? Well, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking it's like there's a lot of comparisons in my brain to House Bunny. Yeah. It's just... Well, I didn't realize House Bunny... Uh, huh. House Bunny came out after uh, this. I'm shocked. Hmm. I don't know. Like... Yeah, I don't have a lot of, like, really great things to say. I mean, not, I don't mean great things. I just, you know, not, a, I don't have a bunch of, like, brilliant. Yeah, it's not like, are you, like. Or anything like that. Funny little details, like, Tyler's last name is Prince. <laughs> Rachel's last name is Witchburn. Oh, I mean, there are little that. details, you know. Yeah. I love that Sam Levine is supposed to be the ladies' man, the guy, and he can't get shit. And it's it's so uh, deserving because he's kind of a heel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I don't know what else to say about that? Yeah, there's nothing really groundbreaking here, but uh, just just go have fun watching them. It's not. This isn't yeah. like like you know. I think our best episode ever was when we did say anything and almost famous. There's so much ground to cover in deep emotional complexities. You're not gonna get this here. It's like you know when we talk about dude, where's my no. car? <laughs> it's just. I mean, the fact that the fact of the matter is, is that most of the movies that we talk about are aren't masterpieces. They, you know, some of them might even be bordering on craft. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It, the, you know, all it, it matters is. If you enjoy your viewing experience. 
You know, and and these are a, a pure example of just a fun little flick. Yeah, and there's and, not and a lot be- of depth to it. They're not the greatest performances you'll ever see in your life, but they're lots of fun. So, and, and it doesn't mean because it's complex that it's any good. And I, I want to bring this up because I watched it True. yesterday. There is a movie called Newport South, which I think was barely released uh, like in 2001, 2002. It's the last movie that John Hughes ever produced, and it was because his son wrote it. And it was one of these so convoluted, complex, it's supposed to have some deep, deep meaning or whatever, and it was just a fucking mess. And I just kept thinking, if you just lighten up a little bit instead of trying to make this the most important high school movie ever made... It might be good, but it was so pretentious and just confounding in its whole point. Um, yeah, I, so, I mean, I, I'm more than likely to watch Sydney White again before I ever watch Newport South. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you take yourself too seriously, uh, you know, a lot of times that shit backfires. Yeah, <laughs> so, it could be off-putting. It's just for fun, man. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, well that's it for this episode. Thank you everybody for listening and have a good one.